Triple HFM Sports in association with Atlas Chartered Accountants, HK Post, Hornsby RSL and ISC Sports welcomes you to Splinters, your no-holds-barred sports podcast. Here's your host, the raging bull, Anthony Caruso. Good evening and welcome to Splinters, the bench podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com. Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeart, and all good podcast sites. We do it all for Atlas Chartered Accountants, the Hornsby RSL, The Post, and ISC Sport. Anthony the Bull Caruso back with you, and we are about to kick off our winter preview season. Yes, even though we are still in summer, we are only a matter of weeks away from the winter season kicking off. The first cab off the rank is NPL New South Wales men set for a start on the first weekend of March and raring to go after being unable to complete a full season in 2021 due to COVID. One of two major NPL competitions in Australia, of course, the other one being Victoria. NPL New South Wales has fast set a reputation as being a competition that could form the foundation for a new second division competition. And it is one that we all hope does happen very soon. I, of course, I can't do this alone. So once again, joining us tonight is our chief football correspondent and our representative from Apia Leichhardt, the spicy chorizo, <laughs> Dom Rizzuto. Good evening, Caruso. Good evening, listeners. Yes, it's great to be back talking all things New South Wales NPL. It's uh, been a long time since we spoke about it. Prematurely, last time, obviously, we spoke with the season being cut short due to the ever-present COVID-19 pandemic. But... All guns are blazing for 2022. We've got a packed roster and a packed ladder ready to compete once again. We're ready once again here on Triple H to do all, call all these games and cover all these teams into the new season. But first, of course, on Splinters here tonight, we want to get a bit of a preview, get our two cents in before the season begins. Absolutely. And you're already calling your boy straight off the rank. You're going to be back in um, RPR in, especially after the off-season that they had, causing a cup set or two. Yes, exactly right. They're, they're going in the right direction once again. The proud Inner West club, and I expect them to be uh, a powerhouse uh, again in 2022. Well, joining us tonight is our other panellist making his regular debut with us. No, he is no longer a guest, but now a regular part of the Triple H sports team. He's also our representative, not only from Blacktown City FC, but Hills United, the Mack truck himself, Dave McDonald. Good evening to you. Thank you very much, Bull. And uh, Dom, well, great to be here, guys. And um, it, it's a bit of a shock, to be honest, talking about NPL football already. It just seems like the, the year is flying by already, but it's very exciting. Uh, again, as we, you guys mentioned, uh, the season was cut short. And as you mentioned, unfortunately, Blacktown City, we're on top and uh, off and away. But unfortunately, season cut short. So, uh, again, I think it's exciting for football, the football on the horizon. But obviously, throughout the NPL and, and of course, with women, there's been a lot of changes. So, um, going to be an exciting year and can't wait to uh, start off tonight with looking at uh, NPL New South Wales 1. Absolutely. We will be focusing on the men today because the women won't be starting until early April and we'll save that episode for a little bit later on. 
So we're going to be looking at MPL New South Wales 1 and the 12 teams in the competition. We'll spare some time for what is now known as Football New South Wales League 1, especially given the strong coverage of teams from the Northern Corridor in that competition and the fact that it is easy to get promoted from the EFL Championship to the Premier League than it is to get promoted from M- from the second-tier competition to NPL. So with that, the referee's out in the middle and we are ready to do our best Martin Tyler impersonations. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Splinters. And we're going to kick things off here tonight with our first team in alphabetical order. Tom Rizzuto, it is your team up here, Leichhardt. And they have made a turn with a couple of coaching changes and a couple of transfers occurring. The two the two transfers in, in particular, very exciting but it's who they've lost as well that really indicates a bit of a changing of the guard down at Lambert Park. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's mention those transfers first who have come in. Uh, a bit quiet on, on on the transfer front in terms of the, the players coming in. They brought in Jason Romero from St. George City and Jack Armisen from the Jets, obviously dropping down from the, from the A-League side. But it, yeah, as you mentioned, Caruso, too, they've lost, and they've lost quite a few. Um, but perhaps, as you mentioned, a change of the guide, uh, a guard there. They've, they've lost uh, Tynan Diaz to retirement. They're, they're losing Harry, Harry Callahan to Sutherland, William Much to Rockdale, Illidan, Matthew Cordia to Sydney Olympic, as well as Sam McCallerton and uh, Peter Kakaris to Rockdale Illidan as well. Yeah, big changes this year. They they didn't have a particularly strong season last season, and it kind of really only left now. If you would say that the kind of two big players with you know, but who are not in their in their younger years in David Asbuso and Franco Parisi, who is a good friend of ours on here on Splinters. And as you mentioned previously, Caruso they. they they have had a really good start to the year in terms of pre-season. They had a little cup run as well, which which came to an end uh, after at, to the Central Coast Mariners at uh, Leichhardt Oval uh, a few weeks back. But that wasn't before they knocked over Western Sydney Wanderers in the in the in the round before that. So there's some good signs that there's some promise uh, for this year. But as you mentioned, it's it it might take some time to click because. They're clearly making some changes. Maka, to you, to me, the exciting signing here is Jason Romero, who really did set last year's MPL team alive at St. George City. Well, no, correct. I think he's an exciting addition. But I think you're going to see that there's going to be more additions in the in the coming weeks because, uh, as Tom said, you know, there's a couple of key outs there, um, which I agree with. Uh, much Diaz, of course, he's been an institution at Arpia. Uh, Cordia, some handy players that they're missing. So I expect, obviously, some more troops to come in in the next few weeks. But you know, looking at what their squad again, you've got the you've got the framework there for their first grade side. So uh, again, they don't like uh, being outside the six, and they finished well, really finished in eighth when the competition was cancelled. So I'll definitely want to be back up there. And uh, so I, again, I expect them to be uh, again in and around the top six. I, I don't see them quite making the uh, the finals this year, Dom, but I think this is a, it's very much a development year for them as they change the guard over. But don't rule them out for finals next season or the season after. But it's definitely a, uh, an Arpia Leichhardt sort of strategy, isn't it, is to kind of have one year off and one year on as, as they kind of chop and change the squad. Um, keep an eye out, and I hope this is more of a comic eye for, for the listeners in here, for an Antonio Rizzo. 
<laughs> this is one letter shy of my surname. So uh, keep an eye out for him. Uh, it's 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 not my it's not my dad uh, who almost shares the identical name uh, with him. But um, so you won't be mistaken, uh, even though my dad played all, uh, down there all those years ago and, and watched it as a kid. Um, but yeah, the, the squad is the squad is going to be a very different looking squad this year. And as uh, as Maka uh, pointed out, they'll be some new additions to last year. Look, they, they're pretty solid across the the park. Really, they, they they weren't they didn't leak too many goals. But you would say that up front was where they probably really lacked. You know, outside Sutherland Sharks, who finished in excuse me in eleventh, they scored the least amount of goals. Only twenty goals uh, for them last year. Um, they'll want to do a bit more up front this year. They're going to want to step into that top six again. We then move on to Blacktown City, Macca. Even though the season was cut short, they were awarded the premiership because they got in enough games to constitute a season. So Blacktown City do come in as defending premiers. And all I can say is that they've only enhanced the reputation of what is already a very strong and physical squad. He is a master, the super cut. Well, uh, he's known it. Uh, my other um, gig, Alive 90.5, is the super coach. Mark Crittenden just has a wonderful ability to um, mould a squad together. Blacktown City have got such a strong youth system and have wonderful under-20s and under-18s. And he's just consistently blending you know, new guys in and, and giving them an opportunity along with some smart buys. Um, you know, I, I look at... Obviously, Matt Lewis is an institution there as well. Tristan Prendergast between the sticks. He's, of course, one of the best keepers in the competition. But And Grant Lynch, he was one of the best buyers uh, several years ago. He's been, uh, again, just in there with Matt Lewis. Been such uh, a great force. And, they, and he's able to mould a side around them. For me, Jordan Smiley was a great transfer in from the Central Coast. He's still young and raw and there's uh, very good reports coming out of Blacktown City. And of course, Mitch comes home. Uh, Mitch Malia has many, many a goal, a famous and famous goals indeed for Blacktown City. Uh, he followed the mass exodus to Marconi uh, what, th- four years ago now with uh, both the Speranzas and Nad Vekic and Connor Evans. But he is is back. A few losses, as you know, Travis Major. Still going around the world. Of course, he came back from playing in Hong Kong back to the National Premier League. Uh, but he was off an op- opportunity in the Indian Premier League, which he couldn't say no to. Uh, Sean Rooney, Rhett De Silva and Suleiman Bangura have uh, been released. Now, Sean Rooney been battling a bit with injury particularly in 2021. So, again, I'm not sure if that is... Um, part of that but uh, Jake True is also a, a great little signing from uh, Western Sydney Wanderers um, very quick and that's one thing Blacktown do uh, complement their defence with quick uh, flankers who can get the ball into the centre uh, very quickly so for me uh, again it's hard to be unbiased but I, I would be hard not to tip them to be first or second for 2022 how the reception is going to be for for Mitch Malia coming back after the you know the exodus those those years ago oh he'll be embraced I think the fans will embrace him too. Demons then will certainly uh, embrace Mitch coming back. Uh, I know he's very close with uh, Mark Crittenden uh, and the staff, Roods and, and all and uh, Graham and, and all the staff down there. So, no, I think it'll be well received. And, um, of course, I've got to just make another point, gentlemen, is that they'll be playing at the Blacktown City Sports Centre from now on. Some wonderful news that Blacktown City FC now actually own what was formerly known as Lily 
uh, home stadium or Lily's football centre. So that is now in their possession. And there's no, no, uh, no, let's let, let's make this let's make this clear. That ground will forever be known as Gabby Stadium. Gabby Stadium. Well, mate, of course, well, of course. Gabby, yeah. oh, I grew up. That's why I followed Blacktown City. I grew up watching them in the NPL, and yes, it was always Gabby Stadium because, of course, their uh, their roots come from the Toon Gabby Demons Football Club. So, but uh, no, no, that's that's a wonderful acquisition for them, and um, a lot more you'll hear out of Blacktown City this year. But uh, I don't know about your thoughts, gentlemen. But uh, again, I was impressed with them in 2021, and uh, I think. Uh, They've made some handy additions uh, to complement what they had. It's always, uh, it's all, yeah, it's always a good sign when you see that, especially at this level, that you, you're keeping the majority of the squad. You know, you, you can lose three or four players, that's fine. Uh, but if you're bringing in players to complement that, the same same number, you know, you're going to be pretty much in the same position as you were last year, barring obviously anything that happens during the season, whether that be injuries to a few key players. You never know. You, there's always that one team that cops the injury curse. Blacktown City, you know, are going in the right direction as a football club. Even the just, you know, owning your own ground is a huge step forward um, for any sporting organisation, uh, you know, in terms of wanting to go to that next stage. They've, like I mentioned, they they may have lost a few players, but it's probably due to reasons, you know, kind of outside their control and ones that they've had to make, but they've bought in some astute signings to replace them. So I can't see them really changing from where they were last year and possibly hopefully for them this year they'll be able to get the the full games in and, and claim the claim the title uh, in the in the normal fashion so to speak and I would not want to take anything away from the team last year they definitely were the the best team and they got enough games in uh, to show that but you know obviously there's that thing inside that you want to you know you want to do it the the old fashioned way right and lift the trophy at the end of the season in front of your crowd so they've kept the team together and they're ready to do it again. I don't think there should be any question about uh, them being right at the top this year once again. Well, I'm with you guys. I don't see it's going to take um, it's going to take a lot to, for someone to beat this Blacktown City lineup because I think they've only gotten stronger from last year. Let's move on to the next team. It is Manly United. And Dom, there has been three retirements and, of course, last year a mid-season transfer out. But it had to be said that despite all of this, Manly United have got a young team that looks incredibly dynamic, especially in midfield. Yeah, major surprise packet last season, Manly. And we previewed this last this time last year as well and we didn't really give them too much hope as they as we mentioned there was it was a mix between kind of very senior players and and a lot of young guys coming through but did fantastically to finish in fourth in the end um, lots of energies played with high intensity across the park despite not having much experience up front they took their opportunities when they came um, we know that manly obviously for our ties crews they have a great youth policy there and, you know, kind of an untouched northern beaches corridor of talent that comes through. And once again, you'd think that uh, they'll only get better from here. Yes, they do lose three key players to retirement, Dylan Mitchell, Scott Bolson and Sam Gallagher-Go, who have been, you know, there for some time and have done a great job for for, for Manly. But they've brought in some some reasonably decent uh, quality as well. Under-21s, uh, Western Sydney Wanderers player Jack Greenwood comes in and Bruno Mendes from uh, Coa Sydney, Sydney East, joins them as well. So realistically, despite the uh, the retirement of those those senior players, the team is now full of energy and, and youth and, and also have a year of experience under their belt. So you would think that they'll be able to replicate what happened last year and, and, and push on and 
potentially, you know, find themselves in a for a finals berth come the end of this season. The only issue I see with this team, Macca, is the one thing they had difficulties with last year, and that was putting the ball on the back of the net. Richard Cardozo, he's, a great, he's probably one of the best number 10s in the competition, but the players around him, although incredibly quick, probably don't have that experience to and that killer instinct to put the ball on the back of the net regularly. That's that's an excellent point, Bull. Uh, if we look at, well, obviously the stats from, from 2021. That's a bit harsh, that's a bit harsh Bull. They were the... They were like the fourth or fifth best side scoring goals. Almost. I'm going to tell you, uh, 24 goals uh, for 23 against. So that is, uh, I mean, bet midway uh, in terms of four, 23 against. But oh, yeah, I agree. Well, obviously, if you want to win competitions, you've got to score more goals than you let in. But again, if we look there too, the, the, they had six draws, seven wins, six draws, four losses. Again, just a few games there that probably... Uh, snuck through their fingers. It could have been a different story for Manly United in 2021. Listen, I think um, the experience of Panjurovic, again, he's vital, I think, to Manly this year with the, re- the three retirements. But I, I again, I, there was a prize packet list this year, and I think um, now that Griffiths has had a, a full year, I expect them to go well. We then move on to the Marconi Stallions and mack up plenty of changes that have occurred in this lineup. There has been, and uh, it's a continuing uh, theme for Marconi year in, year out. Now, uh, if we look at the transfers in for so far, a couple of handy ones, though, I must admit, gents. Uh, Charles Lockingloy, who's been around a little bit, he's coming back from Wellington Phoenix. So he'll add some spark to them up at the front. Uh, now, here's an, another one, some adding spark. Thomas James, who, of course, formerly of Wollongong Wolves, he headed back home to Canberra, playing for Canberra FC. He's now come back into the NPL. Goal-scoring machine, he certainly was in his time there for Wollongong. So I think, again, that's some more spark that they've added. Uh, Taylor McDonald as well, more experience uh, there from Wollongong Wolves. And I can't say, um, guys, I know much, don't know much about Dominic Braschetto from St. George City. And he was the um, he was the guy playing in the centre of that defence. Probably didn't have too much to do last year, to be perfectly honest, because, of course, they had Jason Romero running a muck up front. But it is the players who have left that have also got just as much interest, especially two of the names in the middle of it. Yeah, can I correct, Paul? Mark Roddick is, is uh, heading to Sutherland Sharks, but um, this is a big one. Anthony Frangi is heading down to Melbourne, joining the Melbourne Knights and offered an opportunity there. And as we mentioned before uh, in Blacktown City, Mitch Marley is off to Blacktown City, but Emmanuel Peters, uh, he's off to Sydney Olympics. So four in, four out at the moment. But, um, gents, do we expect Marconi to still be in the market? Because it's still a reasonably strong squad. Yeah, strong squad. I, I mean, you look at this season last year, they registered 10 draws of the 17 matches that, that were played. I mean, you, you take, you know, just two of those games and turn them into wins. They're inside the top. They're inside the top six. Um, you know, they, they scored, you know, the same amount of goals as Manly did. Um, which was better than the the four or five teams that are above them. They weren't as good defensively, but they were still better defensively than Wollongong. They just sometimes that's the way the cookie crumbles in this season. You know, you, you pick up some some strange points, and you know, I think they they actually probably at one point you would have thought if the season did continue, it, the fortune probably would have turned their way, and they might have been able to turn those draws into into wins. Now I haven't gone back and looked at every single fixture that they played, whether or not they were starting slow or 
or starting well and finishing poorly or starting slow and finishing well. Um, the, the big thing for them, obviously, in that regardless of whichever way that is, you know, vice versa, it's they need to be playing 90 minutes of good football because clearly if you're doing if you're drawing 10 games, you're only playing 45 minutes of decent football. So they need to turn that around this year. They haven't made much changes. It, it, it's hard to predict where they'll be because of, of the games that and the, of the draws that they had, you know, we'd have to go back and dissect it and look at the timestamps of when these goals were scored in these games and see whether or not Marconi were lucky or for, fortunate to be drawing or if it was, you know, went for a, a good or a bad reason. You mentioned they've lost a few key players, but they've brought in some reasonably decent talent to replace that. I see them, you know, I mean, if it goes the right way for them this year, they should be back up there, especially considering some of those sides, you know, look at Wollongong, for example, we'll talk about them later, who had a, a dreadful defensive record, still managed to, you know, sit inside that, that close to that top six. So Marconi, I think, are, you know, going in the right direction. They just, unfortunately, just haven't been able to convert those those draws into wins. We then move on to a team, another team, just sort of down the road from your way, Maka, the Matt Draw Town Rangers uh, and probably one of the most difficult teams to play for two reasons, I think. First off, they're exceptionally high energy whenever they play, but they've also got a bit of a reputation for having one of the poorer disciplinary records in the competition as well. It's very diplomatically uh, said there, Bull. Uh, yeah, no, there has been... Uh, oh, you are a diplomat. Uh, no, again, there's been uh, not much news out of... Uh, out of uh, the town uh, in terms of any changes for the season. Of course, they, uh, Tarek Eric came back into the squad last year. Uh, and, of course, they're led by the legendary man between the sticks, Carlos Salyadere. You know, Travis Outred, of course, Blake Thompson. Some handy defenders there, Mark Warren. But have they got the firepower? Uh, that's one thing that worries me at the moment. Fafana uh, is, is I, I believe, a handy player. But I just worry whether... Again, John Roberts up front, Jack Stewart. Do they need more firepower? I think my answer is yes uh, at the moment. And, Dom, this is a team that, uh, you know, we've seen that they, they can hang it with the best, but as soon as something goes wrong, and we saw, and I did manage to see it a couple of times throughout the uh, throughout the season, um, the, when this team melts down, they melt down hard. I don't know how to put it as diplomatically as you would, Caruso, but I'm not too sure why that might be be the case. You know, I I don't know a lack of lack of education, a lack of control, lack of composure. Um, you know, perhaps always feeling like they have to be in a fight instead of a football match. I'm not too sure. It, it doesn't make much sense to me. Yet, Mack hit the nail on the head. They need goals this year. Only 21 last year in the 17 games. That's going to propel them, obviously, up to that that next level. But one thing I, th- I think, obviously, Mack pointed out as well, which is always a good sign, I think, in terms of a team that's that's really focused, is you said it's quiet. So it's quiet on all fronts. What, what What's happening? What, what's building up? You know, there, there's a sense of – it always gives that sense of, you know, what are they building in there? What are they focusing on? Because when there's a lot of noise, you know, there, there, there comes a lot of pressure, outside pressure. But when a team is quiet and just going about their business and trying to remain undetected, they can come up and surprise you. And, you know, we've gone through, I would say, five or six teams so far, and all of them have had, you know, relatively made a decent noise ahead of the season. But the Rangers been quiet. So perhaps that is due to them thinking about what they're going to do to improve on this season around their discipline and being able to convert and, and stay in the fight when things don't go their way. 
I think if they can fix that, they're 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 a top four side. But it's a young side; it'll take some time. But and we know that they're always in for the fight. But sometimes that fight is you can be overzealous, can't you? And I think perhaps if they're quiet and things are kind of a little uh, mellow over there, that'd be a good thing for them. Listen, guys, 23 points they finished on uh, last season. Uh, six wins, five draws, six losses, 25 for 25 against. So they're in thereabouts. But again, I, I'd probably question, again, obviously, Solomon, John, Mohan and Vaker, uh, seven yellow cards, and there's a few guys on four and three. But again, was it was that their discipline that bad in 2021? Well, there's only going to be one way to find out when we roll onto the season next year. But That's certainly, right. you can certainly see that there are some unusual noises coming out because they normally, as Domus rightfully said, they've normally been quite active during the off-season. This year, they've been very quiet. So, you know, you start to wonder what's actually going on there. We then move on to our last team before we take our break, and it is the Northbridge Bulls. And Dom, again, another very quiet transfer window. And this is a team that is going to have to try and work out how they go ahead because they've had no problem scoring goals. But their defense was absolutely horrendous last year. And it really brings into question whether their experimentation with an M-shaped defense actually worked. I hate it. I hate anyone who play, who messes with the defense. You know I'm a big advocate for a good four at the back, Caruso. I don't like when teams mix with defenses. It happened, you know, don't get me started on the back five. We're playing three, playing three, playing three centre backs and two, and two uh, right wing, right wing back on the left wing. Don't get me started. Antonio Conte did it once. It worked once, and it's never worked again. And everyone tried to follow it. It doesn't work. And I don't like when you play a defence. Play four at the back and utilise the utilise your left back and your right back. Moving the only reason, the only reason that worked, the only reason that worked is because he's had three of the greatest defenders Italy has ever seen. But that's a story for another day. Right. Another story for another day, and, I, and it and it lows me. Northbridge. I mean, yeah, absolutely excitement machines, really. Um, you know, so much hot potato football in 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 that sense, and the way that they could they pass the ball about, really nice. And as you mentioned, with that, if you really want to call it M shaped defence, what that does do is it opens up the park. You know, it it, it and it and it's expansive, but. The problem is when you when you change a defense up like that and you want to be creative, as we mentioned, you need to have really good defenders who can just rely on the sole ability of being a decent defender. If they're not like that, if they're not good enough, they're not going to fit into the system. And that's where they struggled. They tried to be creative, but unfortunately they didn't have the cattle to do it. There's a reason why, you know, Barcelona, for example, aren't good at tiki-taka anymore when they lost Xavi and Iniesta because those they, they brought players in who can't play the same way. This is where Northbridge needs to do, what Northbridge needs to do. If they're going to play with this style of football, they need to find players who can fit into that system and play in that in that system and and be at 100% focus the entire time because clearly from an attacking point of view, it's a fantastic system that they're playing. But what's the point scoring 32 goals if you're going to let 31 in? Well, guys, if you look there, the only team that scored more goals last year were Blacktown City with 36. They finished in 10th out of 12, 16 points, three wins, seven draws, seven losses. Uh, I think that tells the story, really. You turn a few of those losses and draws around with the goals that they're scoring with a tighter defence, and they're punching up in the top six without question. For mine, the problem I've got with this lineup is that 
they've gone and picked up Ryan Wood, who, you know, let's 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 be honest about this. He's a handy defender, but he's not gonna change this defensive lineup enough. And I see this team uh, possibly down in the bottom three, and dare I say it, part of that relegation scrap. Oh, it's tough. It's tough. I mean, it's hard to say that a side that scored 31 goals could be in a re- 31 goals or 32 goals in a relegation scrap. It's just it's it's hard to throw that in the same sentence. I just can't see it. If you're scoring that many goals, you know that's that's easy. The, 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 the oldest fable in football is the easiest thing to fix is is your defense. That that's the easiest thing. Like you can fix defenses, but you can't turn bad strikers into good strikers because you have to build an entire sort of system and team around potentially that one target who's going to score you 20, 30 goals or 10, 15 goals a season. But the defensive Unit can be worked on and developed, and it's in its in its more of a cohesion. Whereas, so that can be fixed. So I don't think that they're going to be in that relegation scrap because if they can fix that, as as Macca mentioned, they're, they're they're top four easily, easily top four because they've got the weapons to score goals. As you as the, it's the oldest tale of time, the best form of defense is attack. I have to agree. Again, they've got a lot of talent, uh, no question, a lot of pace, a lot of youth. So, yeah, I'd agree. You just you look at that, those, again, they're the second highest goal scorers of 2021. If you're up there scoring those goals, again, you would expect or you'd want more results out of that. So I think that'll be a focus this year, but do I see them changing their structure? I, I don't think so. Well, with that, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to have part two of our preview of 2021 NPL New South Wales Men's. You are listening to Splinters, the bench podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeart and all good podcast sites. We do it all for Atlas Chartered Accountants, the Hornsby um, RSL, the ISC Sport and the Post. We'll be right back. It's time for the crew to catch their breath. We'll be back after this short break. Do you think the government deserves more of your hard-earned money? If not, make sure you talk to Atlas Chartered Accountants. Atlas Chartered Accountants makes sure the money you earn stays in your pocket through legal tax planning strategies, from finding that last tax deduction to tax-effective business structures for asset protection purposes so you can invest in what really matters, your family and business. Visit their website at ihatetax.com.au. Atlas Chartered Accountants. They are dedicated to you and dedicated station sponsors of Triple H 100.1 FM. Hornsby RSL Club, your perfect place to catch up with friends and family. With dining options ranging from modern Australian favourites in the courtyard, authentic Asian cuisine from Keku, or delicious wood-fired pizzas from Level 1, there is something for everyone to enjoy. Join us weekly for entertainment activities such as trivia, meat raffles, bingo and free live music, or grab some tickets to see one of our first-class entertainment acts in the showroom. Thinking of holding an event? Let our friendly events team guide you through every step to create the perfect event for any occasion. Visit our website at hornsbyrsl.com.au for further details. Hornsby RSL Club, proud sponsors of Triple H. 
Want to look your sporting best on and off the field? Then make sure you get kitted out with ISC Sport Teamwear. ISC Sport are Australia's leading name in custom sports uniforms with a wide range of sportswear tailored to your team's needs. 100% Australian-owned and fully customisable, ISC Sport cover all four winter codes and cricket, basketball, netball and hockey as well as training and outerwear, ensuring you look the part when representing your community. As Dom Rizzuto would say, look sharp and play pretty with ISC Sport. Visit their website, iscsport.com, for more information. ISC Sport, official clothing partners of Triple H 100.1 FM. Streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au. Bowling is back in Hornsby. The Attic offers a 10-pin bowling experience like no other, with Australia's first ever augmented reality scoring experience that will take your game to a whole new level. With a selection of traditional and custom-built arcade games, the Attic Entertainment Precinct is complete with a bar and lounge area to keep you entertained for hours. Specialising in kids' parties and celebrations, the Attic at Hornsby RSL Club is perfect for your next special event. Whether it be an afternoon out with the kids or a night out with friends, it will be an unforgettable occasion that will bowl you and your guests over. Visit our website, theattichornsby.com.au for more information. The Attic, proud sponsors of Triple H. Welcome back to Splinters, your no-holds-barred sports podcast. Welcome back to Splinters, the bench podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeart and all good podcast sites. We do it all. For Atlas Chartered Accountants, the Hornsby RSL, ISC Sport, and the Post. Anthony Bull Caruso with the spicy chorizo, Dom Rizzuto, and our, our new permanent guest, the Mack Truck himself, Dave McDonald, as we go through the NPL New South Wales men's season for 2021. And we're going to move on now to team number seven now in alphabetical order. Macca, it is Rockdale, Illenden, and oh boy, have they run the cleaners through the squad. Bit of a list here, guys. Again, I don't know how long we got for this one, but uh, no, uh, again, again, there's been a bit of a sweep out and some a lot of replacements coming in. So just just quickly, got two to the Sharks in uh, Michael Neal and Nicola Taneski. Kyle Cementi is off to Macarthur. Kanazumi is off to Wollongong Walls. Handy. Gulasano and Fieldroy. Guys, really handy. Some ins for them. Mashia Vecchio from Sutherland Sharks. Kirkus from Alpia Leichhardt. Uh, Jamie Pasevsky's come up from Altona Magic in the Victorian National Premier League. Uh, we mentioned Kuleski from uh, Olympic. Chris McStay from the Sharks. William Much from Alpia Leichhardt. And another one uh, from Central Coast Mariners under 21 back in the NPL. Jaden Casella. Guys, uh... A lot of changes, but again, there's still the, the framework from last year's uh, starting 11. For a side that finished in third, they've made a lot of changes, a lot of changes. So, I mean, I, I don't really understand understand why they, 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 they cull a lot of those players and why they've why they brought a lot in. I mean, they, are, they released some more too. They released Amari, uh, Gouffier, Jordan Figgen, and James uh, Temelkovsky as well. I mean, strong squad once again. Uh, maybe perhaps maybe that's what they're doing there. They're building some depth. Um, there wasn't really too much uh, wrong with their performances last year. They scored, you know, a decent amount of goals. They 
the defence, I mean, if you want to be really, really critical, if they want to match City United and Blacktown, they're going to need to sharpen up at the back. But other than that, I mean, they've made, I, I don't understand why they've made so many changes to um, the squad or added in so many changes and let so many players go. But really, they had a lot of the answers right there in front of them. I don't get it, to be honest, because they, 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 they did quite well. They fixed up their massive defensive issue from a couple of years ago, and now they've got a team that is quite competitive. And why would you then go and actually make all of these changes in one big sweep unless something has actually happened at the club? It could be a cap thing as well, perhaps. Yeah, good point. But again, some handy ins, I've got to say. I think if you look at what's going in as opposed to going out, I think there's um, I think a lot more quality coming in than going out. So... I, I think again um, they finished third, of course. Uh, but I, again, there's a method to the madness, and I think um, they've got some good things going on down over there at Rockdale. Um, so I, I think watch out for them this year. Well, if we thought the changeover occurring at Rockdale was nuts, there a thought for the team on the other side of Tom Ugly's bridge from them, the Sutherland Sharks, who. You know, clearly a team that is lacking identity. So what do you do when you lack an identity? You play what we like to call blindfold dartboard approach. You grab as many plays as possible. You try everything and you see what sticks, Macca. Uh, I, uh, again, I'm reading through the list uh, earlier in the week and, yeah, it's quite an extensive list again from Sutherland, but I think they need to do that. Again, they just haven't quite been hitting the mark, you know, uh, just, and, and I think it's probably time they've had to really recruit hard. I mean, they've, Maybe you know, a couple of decent players a year, but not quite hitting the mark. Oh, some really good ones. Jason Madonis is a big one for me. He's going to be handy. Mark Roddick from Marconi. Car- Nick, uh, Harry Nick Callahan. Sullivan. Nick Sullivan from Perth Glory. Now, I was going to leave him to last, actually, but yeah. that's now that's a quality signing. Plus, young Liam McGing from Sydney FC. Seen commentated a couple of his games. I think he's a bright prospect. And, and of course, we meant, just mentioned Rockdale, Nikola Tanesky. But you look at their squad, guys, and you know, some handy players in there. Jimmy the Jet, James Andrew up front. He's got a lot of pace. Uh, Patrick O'Shea in the midfield. Uh, Anthony Bazanis between the sticks. And Jonathan uh, Grosdanovsky. For me, again, I think um, it's an improvement on what they've had, to be honest, and they've needed to do that. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. There, there was something that, I mean, Sutherland, I would say lacked identity ever since coming into the NPL. I just, I think they've done okay to survive. I, I often kind of compare them to like the Burnley of the of the NPL. You know, you just kind of don't understand quite how they managed to have stayed in the NPL since coming up, but they, they have for by um, some sort of uh, miracle, you know, and they don't have the same kind of club stature that some of the other clubs in this competition do as well, you know, relatively newer compared to some of the others. And obviously you, you wouldn't say, you know, like, you know, compared to like, you know, Arpier and Marconi, who, you know, who are such, such kind of institutions within the competition. Um, but they've done really well. And this is good science that, they, that they're looking to make a statement this year um, with the players that they've brought in. Um, whether or not they'll prove useful, it doesn't matter. The depth there is really good. It looks like out of all of the clubs so far, they're the only ones who have done all their business for the year, um, well, the ones who needed to do business anyway. They've done their business, and, well, there's no reason why they can't be pushing a little bit higher up the table. They want to obviously get away from that relegation battle. They're probably sick and tired of just hanging on 
and, and trying to you know push through and 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 become a top four side. And you know you look at these these ins and outs. You know they've lost a few. Yes, obviously you know as we mentioned, um, Maschiavicio is a big loss, and Simonoski is a loss too. But they've replaced it with with some decent talent. So I, for mine, they 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 can't be they can't be worse than last year with what they've brought in. Well, to me, they can't get any worse than what they did do last year. I think they're going to improve. Is it enough to improve to go significantly up that ladder? I think it's at least enough to get off the share in the bottom of the ladder, which is where they were last year. Yeah, great. They, they'll, for mine, looking at the 12 teams from last year and what we've seen so far in this podcast, uh, I think they should be the big improvers. We then move on to our next team, Sydney FC, the under-21s. The youth squad that they've been working through, they finished what would have been equal bottom of the ladder with the Sutherland Sharks. But it has to be said, Dom, that even though they struggled in this competition, this is a team that has dominated the wide league and is now really bearing fruit with players entering the A-League on a regular basis. Yeah, absolutely. Now, we know I've shared my thoughts on uh, having either the any of the A-League clubs run their junior teams through these competitions. From the point of view of the clubs, they're getting great experience, you know, and they're having great results in the A-League. Um, you know, Sydney FC's having that at the moment in the A-League. Obviously, they're off to a, they got off to a slow start, but they're slowly working their way back up. Um, some of those players will, will drop back into this team when the A-League does wrap up and around that kind of, you know, that May time slot. Again, they didn't have a great year last year once the, the A-League kicked off and they weren't particularly grash hot. And I, I'm never a big fan of them being in here because it's, I, I think it diminishes kind of the competition. It, it shouldn't be kind of, I think it should be a competition, not a kind of trial and train competition for the for the bigger clubs. But all credit to the, to the team, they've, Generated some great talent out there. Jimmy Van Weeren has done a um, a great job in keeping that production line humming. And obviously, they're losing a, a few players, but really only to uh, their to full time contract essentially, and, and getting too old. So they'll again be you know a side that will be super fit, super hungry, and will always give it a hundred percent and 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 play against the the big teams week in week out, and never let them have an easy run. But Again, with the with the lack of experience, they're always going to be struggling to stay in the NPL. Interesting, yeah, interesting thoughts there. I'm looking at this squad, guys, and when I was was two uh, two seasons, I've been doing the predominantly the women's commentary. But I look at this squad, and there's no almost no one apart from Callum Newenhoff that is in this squad from two years ago. That I the last game I did them uh, at, at Lambert Park. Uh, if I look at Patrick Yazbek and, and Harry Vandersag, Tom and Haywood Bell, they were in that squad, but they're going to be, a, they're, they're just simply going to be a rotation. Again, unknown with, with what they've got in 2022. Again, I haven't had a close look at what's been happening in the, in the 18s, but again, I expect they will struggle. It'll be a building year for them again. I think a lot of these guys will be young and it'll be a big step up, but again, which might mean trouble for Sydney FC, with relegation. We then move on to Sydney Olympic and one of the powerhouses, Macca, and boy, they have not um, disappointed in terms of their transfers this year. No, they haven't. And, uh, and I tell you what, they uh, we look how they finished last year. They finished fifth, seven wins, three draws, seven losses on 24 points. 
I like what I see. Oh, I won't lie, Ball. We'll look at the outs first. Um, Funny enough, two players off to Greece, Muhammad Adam and Fabian Munge off to A.O. Xanthi. Koleski and Madonis are out. We mentioned the two of the boys from Arpia, uh, Cordier and Mikhail Hatton, are coming down to Olympic. Emmanuel Peters. But the big one, guys... Roy O'Donovan from Newcastle Jets. I think he's going to be um, quite a highlight in NPL New South Wales this year. Um, oof, your thoughts? Oof, oof. Dom, this is scary. <laughs> it is. Oh, I'm looking forward to to Donovan uh, lacing up the boots in the NPL. Uh, you know, a five round in the A League, and I hope he brings that same intensity to the to the NPL as well. Will only be better uh, city. Um, uh, Olympic for for bringing in uh, a dollar than this year. Um, you know, were very strong last year. Um, you know, they finished you know in fifth. They probably needed to to touch up a little bit in front of goal, and, and that's exactly what they've addressed by bringing in O'Donovan. You know, defensively one of the best teams uh, last year. It's why you know they, they were as high as they were. To, you know, defense wins premierships, but it's the goals that they need, and they've done what they've needed to do and, and bring in a player uh, of immense experience uh, who can bring him an extra five or ten goals uh, to the season. And if he, they, he can do that for them, there's no reason why they can't be uh, it, it, right in the in the mix for a, the championship or the trophy this year. What, what structure do they play with this up front? Because this is scary when you think about it. It's Roy O'Donovan and Emmanuel Peters up front, along with probably Fabio Ferreira. And then in midfield, you're going to be headed up by Brendan Shalakian, Adam Parkhouse, uh, Sam McElhatton, uh, and you've got Matteo um, Cordier coming into this lineup. I mean, where do you fit everyone? Good problem to have, isn't it? That's about... Uh, building depth. You have uh, Hadji Gligor as well, uh, Marley, Marley Peterson. Listen, one thing I find uh, – oh, sorry, I'll throw in Oliver Pufflet as well. One thing Sydney Olympic do have is size up front. Um, yes. I, I was lucky enough to be down there and do the Wollongong uh, Sydney Olympic game down in Wollongong where the Olympic won, I think it was 4 or 5-1. Um, but they've got size up front, good control, and, and, and again – Parkhouse and Chalakian have been handy scores from from Manly, of course. Chalakian, uh, for me, was the player of the match in that game. Sydney Olympic, I'm with Dom. I think Sydney Olympic uh, are going to be right up there on top with Blacktown City as the main challengers. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they play. I mean, especially with Donovan coming in, do you does he still have the you know you, you would expect him to kind of still have the fitness and the pace to to play at this this level, but, you know, do you play him as a sole number nine in a, in a four, three, three, or do you, you know, bring him closer and have him, you know, alongside a, a shellacian in, in the 10 role, um, you know, in a four, two, three, one, you know, and, and you give him a bit more support um, closer, you know, uh, a bit more closer to his teammates in, in a more sort of, you know, compact formation. Um, I'm not too sure how, the, how they'll go with it. Um, if they want goals, you, you you probably want to stick with the with the four three three. But it's yeah, it's difficult. I, I mean, but like you said, Mac, a, a a great problem to have being able to choose from all these attacking weapons. And with uh, you know, as you mentioned, Shalakian, we probably a good friend of ours here on Splinters and Triple H. We'll have another good season, and you know, potentially have an even better one now that he's you know feeding. Uh, uh, feeding some assists through to, to uh, an A-league quality striker. Got probably just one other thing too is their defence. 
Uh, their defence, their ability to come up and score goals as well, I found last year was another bonus for them. Glassic and Ben Van Muir's, uh, again, big defenders, quite often come up for corners and uh, are, are very, very handy. So I, I'm, I really think that we're going to see something good out of Sydney Olympic in 2022. Let's move on to another Sydney-based team that has a long-time experience, especially from the days in the National Soccer League, it is Sydney United 58 and Macca, a very quiet transfer window for them. Just the one player heading out, which probably says that they're going to be looking for stability. And with this lineup, that certainly can't be ruled out. No, that's a, an excellent point. Again, Sydney United finished second last year, only four points behind Blacktown City. Nine wins, five draws, three losses. Never... <laughs> Sydney United, to me, are like the Brisbane Broncos in rugby league. You never rule them out ever. I think um, the lack of movement here, again, as you said, highlights stability. They've got quality all over the park um, from back to front. I think we will see maybe a couple of uh, potential signings just to add some depth. But very uh, – and the coaching, obviously, they've had uh, a few changes in coaches, you know, in the last uh, 24 – 36 months. They'll be up there. I think, again, enough quality for me. Of course, led up front, Patrick Antelmi is a quality striker and they've got quality at the other end in between the sticks with Nizik. So, uh, again, Sydney United, again, always competitive, will be up there. Yeah, look, I think last year, a bit like, uh, you know, Blackdown, there's not really much they need to need to do, really, with this squad. They, they've kept it in, in check. Yes, they've lost one player to to Wolves, Josh McDonald, but squad remains pretty much the same. Keep keep it how it is. There's there's no reason to change. I mean, what are you, what are you going to nitpick from this team? You know, last year they they drew a couple of extra matches where where Blackdown picked up some wins. You know, both sides are very very equal with each other, and are obviously the two favourites going into this year's competition um, based off what they did last year. Perhaps there's still some work to be done um, for the Sydney United side, 58 side, but I, I don't really know where you, where you go. I mean, they've, as you mentioned, Patrick Atemley played really well last year. Chris Payne backed it up along with Matt Sim. It should be another highly competitive year for them again. Well, let's, let's move on to the last team. It is the Wollongong Wolves. It's almost a conga line out of the club, but a few big players coming in. And the question is, Dom, Will they be able to retain the competitiveness they had over the last couple of years, keeping in mind that two of the players who were central to that great run they had two years ago are now back at the club in the two Japanese imports? Absolutely, yeah. They bring back Banri, uh, Kanizumi and Takuma Tusumura uh, from Rockdale Lillard and Mandra Town Rangers, respectively. Uh, Peter Simeonski comes from Sutherland Sharks. And Josh McDonald, as we just mentioned, has arrived from Sydney United 58. They lose a abundance of players. Daniel Lowe uh, goes over to Coniston FC. Taylor McDonald joins Marconi. Aidan Mumford has got his gig at Brisbane Raw. And then a bunch of players released. Van Elia, Hamish Lamberton, Ethan Cambisios, Liam Willey, Fletcher McFarlane and Harrison Taranto. Wolves last year, look, were decent up front. Terrible in defensively. You know, the worst after Sydney FC 
conceding 33 goals this year. I mean, that's not good enough to, to get through. Miraculously, though, they managed to not draw as many as the teams uh, around them and that saw them remain in the hunt for uh, a finals place before the season was cut short. They need to do some work, you know, obviously to, to rebuild to back to where they were because only a couple of years ago they were right up the mix and, and, and finals bound. So perhaps the returning uh, Japanese contingent will, will help them do that. But they need to score, you know, a few more goals and they definitely need to stop goals going in if they're going to want have any chance of being in the, you know, at the pointy end of the season. Well said, uh, Dom. Big year for Wollongong Wolves and particularly for the gaffer. They've been disappointing and, and Wollongong, again, you expect them to be up there and about. Of course, they represent such a traditional football heartland there down in the gong. But again, I just don't know whether they've, brought enough in to uh, complement what they need. Again, the two Japanese players are handy and Simonoski and McDonald bring in some experience. But are they getting enough out of their defence? That's the question. Uh, Litla, Djordovic, Madden, Belcardi, big, big job for them this year. If they don't improve their defence, they're going to be in trouble again. Well, ladies and gentlemen, before we do sign off, a quick mention of the now-titled Football New South Wales League One, formerly known as the NPL New South Wales Two. And, Dom, as I mentioned, probably the one competition that's harder to get out of than the <laughs> EFL Championship. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's an, and it's an electric comp. You know, I think the thing that, we, that a lot of these teams have struggled with more than anything is, you know, once they get up into the next division, I think that's even the hardest part is then staying there, right? It's the same as the, the Premier League sides having to stay there, not going straight back down is the issue that they've had. Uh, for some time but there's some really good teams in here who have NPL one experience you know Blacktown Spartans Bonnie Rig Northern Tigers you know Western City ones under 21s the St George City teams you know there's there's some real <laughs> even teams this year and once again we're you know an absolute lottery in terms of who might make it back up into the big time. Well, quick mention of the Northern Tigers in particular, the local team headed up by their triumvirate, formerly of Manly United, in Jamie Glover, Jamie Lobb and Joey Fox, who, of course, got released mid last year, originally on loan and then signed permanently by the Northern Tigers. A lineup that is fairly well-balanced, just probably lacking that sort of killer instinct, while the Northwest Sydney spirit... Of course, born of the merger between the Northwest Sydney Koalas and the Gladesville Hornsby Spirit FC. So they've now re- uh, established themselves into what they look like. Macca on your side, Hills United, another team that has been very strong in, in the old NPL New South Wales Two over the last couple of years and possibly a chance for promotion as well, along with the two teams from the hornsby Coringai region. Well, I, again, expect some better things from Hills United this year. Again, a couple, couple of retirements, of course. Uh, Greg, the legend, the former Australian futsal Captain uh, Greg Giovanali has retired. Absolute legend of the club, Hills United. Again, probably time for a bit of the change of the board, but there's lots going on behind the scenes. I expect them to be competitive. Of course, they were the premiers uh, not three years ago in that massive win over North Sydney, I believe it was. Uh, no, sorry, it was actually the um, Mariners. It wasn't. What were they yeah. called? The North Shore Mariners. North Shore Mariners, yeah. 
<laughs> Sorry, 7-1, so in a turnaround. Yeah, expect them to be up there again, but I think it's going to be a great competition. I know both St. George teams have been recruiting uh, as well, uh, and, of course, Nicky Carl um, in charge of SD Raiders. Going to be a really very interesting comp, guys. Looking forward to it, and we're looking forward to see what happens with this. That, of course, ladies and gentlemen, is full-time here on Splinters, and we can't wait for football to get started. Of course, it is part of our roster to call this year, and we look forward to appearing wherever we may be across Sydney to call NPL football and for Football New South Wales League One. My thanks, first off, to Dave McDonald. Welcome, and it is a pleasure to have you as part of the team. We look forward for you joining us regularly on the bench and Splinters. Thanks, gents. Absolute joy. Thanks, guys. Enjoy your football. Thank you very much, Dom Rizzuto. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Splinters, the Bench Podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeart and all good podcast sites. We do it all for Atlas Chartered Accountants, the Hornsby RSL, ISC Sport and The Post. On behalf of Dave McDonald and Dom Rizzuto, I'm Anthony Caruso. Run hard or run home. Good night. Thank you for joining us for Splinters, your no-holds-barred sports podcast. You can also find us streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcasts.com and all good podcast and streaming sites.